đời sông núi anh em ta đáp đời sông núi quyết bảo vệ sang sang ta thể chết cho quê hương at host my radio it's on on every monday and every friday and host my radio welcome to the show thank you And welcome to this week's episode of Team Cat Home Live Radio today. Happy Friday. Hope you guys are having a great day. Hope you guys are staying safe. Of course, um, today is the anniversary. I should say, if you should say the anniversary. It's the anniversary of the of the Yunlong MTR attack. Yes, a bunch of slugs came inside, came inside the MTR station and beat the heck out of protesters. And past, not just protesters, mind you. There's also commuters and passerbys who some of them just going home. They're not even, you know, they're not even part of protests. Even the government's just sitting there, just you know, covering it up. I mean, it's four years. Can you believe that? It's four freaking years that this has happened. And the government, there's no justice given besides a couple people being in prison. But it doesn't even, it doesn't mean anything. It's just one thing after another. They're still collapse. You know, during that time. We already suspected that they were collabing with them. And it could be some mastermind behind it. And to all you victims out there who are, you know, having scars from this attack, I'm hoping you guys can stay absolutely safe. God knows if there's any, you know, government figures that comes in and attack and, you know, harass these harass the victims. Hope you guys stay absolutely safe. And I hope justice could be given to you guys. And we're going to get into the report for today. Make sure to every Monday and Friday for our podcast. Hong Kong 47. Democrats gaining legislative majority. Realistic. Had Beijing not intervened outside the basic law, externalist says. It would have been realistic for the Democrats to have gained a majority in the legislative council had Beijing not intervened with methods outside of the basic law. A defendant has testified at a landmark national security trial. Gwyneth Ho. A former a former journalist at the now defunct Santa News began her testimony on Tuesday, wearing a long sleeve pale pink shirt, whole smile at the public gallery, winking and making gestures while waiting for the for the court proceedings to begin. Ho's barrister, Trevor Beale, opened his examination by asking Ho about her education and experience as a journalist. The defendants told the court that she studied at Tsinghua University, the prestigious, I should say, in Beijing from 2008, the year of the Olympics, to 2012, the year of the anti-nationalist education movement, prompting laughter in the courtroom, in the courthouse. Ho spoke confidently while testifying. Smart choice. I mean, who's not confident, right? They should be confident. Ho spoke confidently while testifying. The length of her answers contrasting with the yes-no replies of defendants had testified pre- previously. At one point, she asked the judge to speak up so she could hear them better. <laughs> I love her. I love this attitude. I love her. On Tuesday, Judge Alex Lee asked Ho several times if she had considered before the primary elections that the aim of achieving 35-plus, or at least half of the, le- of the seats in the 70-seat legislature, was realistic. Hold on, answer directly. You used the word realistic, so we must look look at this f- 
like is from two aspects, Hope said, testifying in Cantonese. If you're talking about 2019 and 2020, I think it's possible that the Democrats would be able to secure 35 seats through the mandate of the public. She added that the public sentiment in 2019 would support the, win- the winning of more seats. But the central government saw that saw that as methods of disqualifying the candidates and interpreting the law was unsuccessful and intervening, Beijing would definitely come up with a new way. Coming back to your question, if the central government did not do things that were outside of the basic law, I think the Democrats seizing 35 plus would be would have been realistic, Hope said. So I don't know how to answer your question, she said. Hope pled not guilty. That's why many others also pled not guilty. Alongside 15 other prominent politicians and activists, the conspiracy to commit subversion charge is punishable by up to life imprisonment. The former journalist is the sixth defendant to testify. Activist Gordon, ex-district district counselor Clarice Young, and ex-lawmaker Helena Wong chose not to take the stand. During, during Tuesday hearing, Bill pulled up an article written by defendant Benny Tai. The, form, the former University of Hong Kong law professor was one of the primary organizers. The article published in the now defunct Pro Apple Daily in April 2020 outlined 10 steps to mutual destruction, beginning with the government extensively disqualifying the can- candidacy of pro-Democrats before a roster of Plan B candidates was successfully elected. Those Democrats, per the timetable, would vote down bills and force the chief executive to resign. Tai wrote that eventually Beijing would declare a state of emergency in Hong Kong and impose a security law on the city, with the large-scale detentions of Democrats leading to a bloody crackdown. According to Tai's timetable, the candidates would then indiscriminately vote down bills, including the budget, forcing the chief executive to resign. Biu said he would go through the steps in the article called 10 Steps to Mutual Destruction to Fate of Hong Kong and asked Ho if she believed if they were possible and whether she agreed or disagreed with them. Unprompt, Ho said. Unprompt, Ho said, before we handle the steps, how about we handle the headline first? I don't agree with the headline. Defense, the defense said the use of the word fate suggested that the situation outlined would happen no matter what. Resistance is not certain to happen, she said, and that it was not necessarily the case that Hong Kong people would resist if they were oppressed by the central government. B also asked Ho if she agreed with defendant Andrew Chu that Tai had become more radical had became a more radical leader after the pro democracy umbrella movement of twenty fourteen. Chu, a former district counselor, testified for the persecution earlier. I would describe it as an opposite. After twenty after twenty fourteen, Tai was continuously attacked and even dissed by some who were more radical. They felt that he was just too moderate, he said. Tuesday marked the 86th day of the high-profile national security secu- uh, national security case. Beer said last week that he, he expected Ho's testimony to take three days. The barrister also asked the former journalist if, prior to 2020, she had considered leaving her field and entering politics. Ho said that in 2014, when digital outlet House News shut down, she thought that Hong Kong and, and mainland China were not much different, and, the protect, and that the protections that Hong Kong appeared to have actually did not exist. House News disbanded over nine years ago, one of its founders citing political pressure and an atmosphere of white terror.
But before 2019, I did not once think about changing views because I thought that when there is still room in the public opinion space, having people who can who can sort through political arguments is very important, she said. At the time, I was thinking I would do it until I end up in jail, the host said, provoking laughter from the courtroom. Ho will continue testifying on Wednesday, and we will report on that. So on 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 July nineteenth, they did a they did correct it. And earlier of the article, misstated that many of the forty seven Democrats involved in the case have been detained since March twenty twenty. It would have been been March twenty twenty one. We regret the error. Now March twenty twenty is when many Democrats are still in the legislative council. They're not arrested yet, so they did the main mistake on it. And yes, they did. They were been in custody since March two thousand twenty one. Right. I haven't reported on it. I, my podcast haven't set up yet. My podcast set up around July, July or June or so, if I'm if I'm not correct. My memory's sort of blurred up a bit. So, ban on glory to Hong Kong protest song. We talked about this a couple, couple, I think a long time ago. Protest song will not impact journalistic work if injunction passes. Journalists will be allowed to report on matters related to the 2019 anthem Glory to Hong Kong if the government bids to ban unlawful acts related relating to the song is, is successful, according to the city's largest journalist group. In a statement issued on Tuesday afternoon, the Hong Kong Journalists Association said that the Department of Justice, or DOJ, has informed the court that it agreed to, to an Hong Kong Journalists, uh, journalists Association proposal to include an express, express exemption for journalistic activity, if its injunction application to, is to be granted. The Hong Kong Justice Association said it welcomed the government's agreement to exemption. That's good. That's good that they, they have to report her anyway. They, this provides protection for the freedom of the press and the freedom of speech in clear terms, both of which are guaranteed constitutional rights in Hong Kong, the, the Hong Kong Justice Association said. Following ongoing controversy of the song being played instead of the March of the Volunteers, the national anthem of China and Hong Kong at international sporting events, the government sought a legal injunction at the beginning of June to ban unlawful acts relating, relating to the glory to Hong Kong, the lyrics of which contain a slogan that has been deemed a call for succession. If granted, the injunction will prohibit anyone from broadcasting, performing, printing, publishing, selling, offering for sale, Distributing, disseminating, displaying, or reproducing in any way. The song with a secessionist or seditious intent, or with the aims of violating the national anthem law, including on the internet. The court first instance adjourned the injunction hearing on June 12th and is going to hear the case on July 21st. Hong Kong, the Hong Kong Journalists Association announced on June 22nd that it would seek an exemption for media, for media reporting to protect journalistic work. And Hong Kong Journalists Association spokesperson told Hong Kong Free Press on Tuesday that over the past month, the press group had collected opinions on the injunction from different media outlets and submitted them in an affidavit to the Department of Justice. The association said it had decided to hold off making its own application to the court, relying instead on the Justice Department's promise to include journalistic exemption in the injunction. The Hong Kong Journalists Association understands that the proviso protects journalists from civil uh, civil liability in clear and unequivocal terms when they report. 
refer to and make observation about the song and its various elements in the course of news gatherings, interviews, and in commentaries, the group said. It also stressed that it had no intention to publish or broadcast the song, nor to commit any acts of sedition, secessions, or to insult the national anthem. The government's application for the injunction was previously handled by Wilson Chen, one of the state's handpicked national security judges. Chen was recently involved in a judicial copy, copying scandal after he found to have a copied, like, cop, to have copied the majority of a plaintiff-written sum, uh, submission in a judgment. He received a serious reprimand from the Chief Justice of the Court of Final Appeal. According to the judiciary, Judge Andrew Chen was what has replaced Wilson Chen in injunction case. What I don't know why would that be the case. Reason why? Oh, I get why. I wonder what they're hiding from anyway. Cause the thing is this. I don't know why the song needs. I don't know why the song needs to offend everyone. I just don't get. It, it doesn't offend me at all. It doesn't offend many people in Hong Kong. This is this hurts the feeling. How fragile is the Chinese people? If they hear the song, if they're smart and they're well educated, and they hear the song and they say, "What was that hurt my feeling?" I don't. I don't. I just the song doesn't make any sense to me. They might say they won't make sense because they don't know what it means, and like, no matter how much the government t- explains them, they listen to it again. And they're like, "Yeah, I still don't get it. I don't. I don't know if it has any successions or whatever. It just. I still don't get it." U.S. bill that could close Hong Kong's trade offices in France. Advances in Senate government slams growth interference. Your office is in in the is, is in the United States, so it means we have the right to close down if we wanted to. A draft bill that could shut Hong Kong's economic and trade offices in the United States was approved by the U.S. by the Senate Committee on Foreign Affairs last Thursday, bringing it closer to becoming law. The action was strongly condemned by the Hong Kong government and the city's commerce chief. In February, U.S. Senator Marco Rubio and Jeff Merkley introduced the Hong Kong Economic and Trade Office Certification Act. The proposed act would require the White House to remove the privileges, exemptions, and immunities given to all Hong Kong trade offices in the United States if it decides that the Hong Kong, if that Hong Kong no longer enjoys a high degree of autonomy from Beijing. The Hong Kong Economic Trade Office were granted these privileges under the assumptions Hong Kong would remain free from the Chinese Communist Party's authoritarian grip. A press release issued by Merkley and Rubio last Thursday read. That reality changes after the impositions of Beijing's draconian 2020 national security law. The operations of the three offices located in Washington, D.C., New York, and San Francisco would be terminated if the bill became law. The sad reality is that the Hong Kong Economic and Trade Office has now served as a propaganda arm of the Chinese government. Committee's passage of this bipartisan bill is a strong step for strong step forward in defense of the people of Hong Kong, Merkley said in a in the same press release. The U.S. the U.S. has not recognized Hong Kong as an auto- as as autonomous since the bipartisan Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act was enacted in November 2019. The same press release read, which is the Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act was under was under the Trump administration at the time. The Hong Kong Economic, Economic Trade Office bill had advanced to the U.S. Senate for discussions. 
calling the proposed bill as a quote-unquote gross interference in, this, in the city's affairs. Hong Kong government sent a statement released last Friday that it strongly condemned the Senate, the Senate committee for the passage of the bill, urging the U.S. to respect the basic norms of international relations. The three economic and trade offices will continue to promote Hong Kong's unique advantages and tell the good stories of Hong Kong, the statement read, and that they would also clarify misconceptions without fear or favor. Hong Kong Commerce Chief Algernon Yao, speaking Cantonese on a television program on Sunday, said Hong Kong would strive vigorously with support from Beijing to maintain the operations of its trade offices in the U.S. Yao said he expected that it would become more difficult for Hong Kong to contract foreign investments if the bill would pass, and urged U.S. lawmakers to re-examine the bill rationally and carefully. Yeah, like we care whatsoever, because the thing is this, we don't know how these, because the thing is, there's many activists that are now living in the United States, you know, Armin Yuen, or whatever, whoever, whoever it is, I forgot their name, but Dennis Kwok as well, right? They're saying here, I don't know what they're going to do with that bill. I don't know what the government's going to do, right? They might use it in a way to actually get people, to get them arrested or get them, you know, some way kidnapped, which is the biggest fear that that's why the bill was going to be introduced, just so we could protect those activists from from getting kidnapped and getting arrested. So Beijing appoints Dong Jingwei. Too bad they can't just use Wang Jingwei. As Hong Kong's National Security Commissioner, Beijing on Tuesday appointed a commissioner to oversee its national security apparatus in Hong Kong, which was first set up three years ago under a sweeping security sweeping law designed to quell dissent. China State Council announced in a two in a two line statement that Dong Jing Dong Jingwei had been appointed the Financial Hub's Commissioner of National Security. The position, which oversees an unknown numbers of national of Chinese national security agents of Chinese agents stationed in the city, has been vacant since the last commissioner, Zheng um, Zheng Yin was appointed as Beijing's liaison office chief in Hong Kong in, Jan- in January. The announcement did not specify Dong's previous role, but according to multiple official statement on Chinese government's website. There, um, there is a vice minister of national security by the same name. In June, 20, in June 2021, the vice minister hosted a seminar to educate his subordinates about China's new regulations on counter-espionage security precautions. Don't said that said they must catch spies as well as the funders working behind the scenes who carry out anti-China activities, according to the ministry summary of the of the meeting. Two months later, according to an online report by China's Central Political and Legal Affairs Commission, he held a press conference and said the National Security Department has mobilized all forces in society for a people's war against spies. We insist on catching both the foreign spies as well as the hidden traitors, Dong said to the report, according to the, according to the website. We are determined to adopt powerful approaches in order to resolute safeguard state sovereignty, security, and development interests. The new commissioner's appointment comes after Hong Kong leader John Lee himself, a previous security chief, reiterated in June that his administration seeks to create another law with a focus on espionage next year. 
Like, that's gonna, I wonder if that's gonna go over well or not. That ain't gonna go over well whatsoever. And you gotta understand, there's like about nearly 260 people were arrested and about 79 people unconvicted under this freaking law. So, you guys saying, well, here we go, Carrie Lamb saying, well, it only affects a few number of people. I'm always wondering, does a few number of people also, also refers to half the people that we already knew about? I wonder, I wonder why they never say anything about that. Excessive agencies fees costing some Hong Kong migrant domestic workers over $19,000, Union said. What's the big deal with these governments? Can they not give them a rest? No. Migrant domestic workers in Hong Kong, in Hong Kong, who complain of being overcharged by agents, face an average fee of over over nineteen thousand dollars. A union federation has said, has found. The Hong Kong Federation of Asian Domestic Workers Union handled handled fifty seven cases related to workers being overcharged by agencies since last year, where the average fee charged them uh, charged to each migrant workers. Was nineteen thousand three hundred ninety-four dollars. That is insane. The latest figures was fifty-six percent higher than twelve thousand four hundred and forty-six average overcharge in two thousand twenty-one. So the feder the federation the federation of Asian Domestic Workers Union said said a press re- press statement last Sunday over ninety. Per- 90% of the cases involved Indonesian workers, the Federation said. Of the 57 cases, 28 involved in the same same employment agencies, the Federation said. The workers involved were, were forced to sign a loan agreement before leaving their home country and were told to make repayments to, fi- to finance companies on, on Hong, in Hong Kong, Wang Mang, Wang Wang organizing, organizing Secretary of, of the Federation said on RTHK on Tuesday. Migrant workers are controlled by agents after joining the agencies in Indonesia. Indonesia passed a law in 2021 banning agencies from charging workers. All costs have, have to be borne by the employers and the government, said Wang, speaking in Cantonese. However, after the workers obtained the visas and days before their departure, and or at the airport, the agencies will force them to sign a loan agreement, even though the workers did not receive any money. The, the organizing secretary said, after they arrived in Hong Kong, the, the Hong Kong agencies will give them a document saying they will have to repay, for example, thirty eight hundred dollars per month for six to twelve months to a to a Hong Kong finance company. Therefore, when they arrive in the city, they are forced to make repayments, and the agencies are likely to confiscate their IDs, their ID cards. Passports and their contracts. To combat this, the Indonesian government informed regions, including Hong Kong and Singapore, that that it would implement a zero placement fee policy in 2020. The law would require employers instead of migrant workers to bear agent fees. However, the enactment of the policies, which was which was supposed to be kicked in on January 15, 2021, was postponed. The federation urged the Employment Agency's administration under the Labor Department to proactively and effectively investigate, persecute, and punish employment agencies, including improving the detection rate and increasing punishments. The Federation also urged the government to abolish its job-hopping policies, which bars uh, migrants' domestic workers from changing employers without specific reasons. 
The Federation handled 11 cases of visas denials over job-hopping claims since last year. Among those were, were six workers who ended their contracts due to raising including physical abuse, sexual harassment, lack of suitable accommodation, and refusal of sick leave, the Federation said. Migrant domestic workers chose not to break their contracts over fear of the job-hopping policy, despite worsening working conditions during the COVID-19 pandemic, the Federation said. Among 338 complaints received by the Federation last year, only 20 workers quit their jobs, the Federation said. Domestic workers in Hong Kong are legally obli obliged to live with their employers and have only two weeks and only and have only two weeks in the city to find another job if the contracts terminate or when it ends. And a survey, a twenty twenty one survey, revealed that. Sorry, guys. That reports of sexual abuse and harassment suffered by suffered suffered by migrant domestic workers in the workplace tripled during the previous year. While another found that forty thousand workers in Hong Kong were given zero rest days during the pandemic. The Labor Department told Hong Kong Free Press on Tuesday evening in an email response that the government valued protecting the labor rights of foreign domestic work of foreign domestic workers in the city, and that they do they would not tolerate any exploitive or abusive actions towards foreign domestic workers. Employment agencies were also barred from cha from charging job seekers earned than a prescribed commission that was more than 10% of the workers' first month wages, according to the Employment Ordinance and the Employment Agency Regulations, said the, said the department. Excluded from Hong Kong's minimum wage scheme, migrant domestic workers have a minimum monthly salary of $4,730, which was increased by $100 last year after being frozen for several years. Foreign domestic workers were also, were also allowed to terminate their contracts and, re and, re and apply to change their employment. But they will have to leave Hong Kong and file a new visa application, the department said. Migrant workers could file an application for, ch for change of employer without leaving Hong Kong in exceptional circumstances, such as abuse or exploitation, said the department. Save for the above exceptional circumstances, an application from from a for from a foreign domestic workers for change of employer in Hong Kong within the two year contract period will normally not be approved. The policy does not preclude foreign domestic workers from from working in Hong Kong again after returning to their place of origin and has allowed sufficient flexibility to cater for exceptional circumstances to the department. I mean you got you get people like from probation camp. You get people like Frankie Yan, and you get people from like Elizabeth Quat saying those stupid things. Is this the point where I want to, you know, I want to bash my head to freaking wall because of it? What is, what is wrong with you, you probation people? Do you not have a heart for saying those kind of crappy things? And we will, and we report before about it. Make people protest because of it. They urge them to apologize. Of course they didn't, but still. For me, this is insult to all migrant domestic workers 
who wants to find a job where they will get freaking beaten up or get sexually harassed, you know. This is something that many people in Hong Kong, many people, ma- many of domestic workers don't want to deal with it. They just want to get a job, that's it. They just want to work. They're not here to, they're not here to, you know, pay for, uh, favors for you. Some people say, well, if only, if only, if only they don't stop job hopping, maybe it won't happen. Um, here's the thing. I don't want to see them abuse. They don't want to be abused. They're humans. They're not steel. And you expect them. You expect them to bore the brunt on every beatings that they get. They're human beings. They're not freaking. They're not an object where you can just beat them wherever the heck you want. And then after that, they can they can they can you know hold themselves well. It's just stupid, you know. And you hear many probation says stupid things a lot. You hear many of them saying really dumb things. Like some kind, of, and then many other probation. Not all of them, but some probation goes up and says, and just you know, being like good sheep's where they listen to what the what they said. Like, oh yeah, it's true. I I, I heard about that, and it, it actually happened. You know, I had my job place, and there's a woman did that. And, you know, they they were doing it with my husband. If it was up to me, I would have asked them, "Hey, why are you doing? Are you sure that actually happened, or is it because your husband actually touched someone inappropriately?" They're like, don't say anything about my husband. I'm like, well, you don't know that. You think you think it's the it's the migrant domestic workers do that? If you think it do that, then then hire then don't hire them then. That's not. It may sound, I mean, I'm not trying to be rude or you know trying to be you know discredit many domestic workers. But at the same time, if you don't like hiring them, then don't hire them in the first place. That's the thing. If if you don't like if you're afraid that you know that those domestic those Domestic workers will, you know, screw around with your hu- with your husband. Hire someone that's not actually pretty whatsoever. If you want to go that, if you want to go that far, then go ahead. But treat them with dignity. They have you making them losing dignity more than anyone else. All they do is get nitpicked. What kind of motivation do you give to many domestic workers, man? All you, all these people doing is just blaming these poor domestic workers. They came from another country. They came from another country, and they just want to work. They're not here to do anything stupid, you know, like what you guys claim. Oh, the community, you're just here to you know mess around my husband or oh, screw around my husband. Oh, this and that. Oh, I got must pass the law doing this and that. Um, the answer is no. If you came up to me and tell me that kind of thing, I'm like, you do have proof. No, again, proof is my husband said it. I'm like, not, it's not credible. Because if you have just been saying it and there's no credible sources or credible evidence that happened, and your and the domestic worker actually filmed it or recorded it or actually you know fought off against that person, then you already know what's gonna what's going on already. Anyway, so back to the forty seven Democrats, right? Uncle forty seven activist Gwyneth Hull believed in vetoing the budgets during her journalistic days. Court hears. Hong Kong activist and journalist Gwyneth Ho has has said she first thought the government budget should be vetoed when she worked as a journalist and covered news related to the Legislative Council. Ho took the stand for a second day of her testimony on Tuesday, and she had said on Monday she appeared cheerful, smiling at the public gallery and making gestures while waiting for the proceedings to begin. Ho, a former journalist who worked for the outlets including RTHK, Stan News, and the BBC, was among the candidates who ran in the primaries. 
representing Ho, Barrister Trevor Beal, continued to continue his examinations of the activists on Tuesday morning. When asked her thoughts on vetoing the budgets in April 2020, in April 2020 when she attended a meeting with Democrats to discuss the primaries, Ho said, actually, when I was following the Legislative Council news as a journalist, I already thought I already thought the budget should be vetoed. Judge Alexey asked when specifically she started thinking that, because you were a journalist for some time, so I'm not sure what period of time you were talking about, he said. Since 2011, she said, and that she had a memorable impression that the pro-establishment camp vetoed a government funding plan. Ho continued that in 2017, while reporting on the controversial development project in Wangzhou and Wangchao, a village in Yunlong, she learned that the annual budget consists of a funds of a fund that makes up one sixth of the budget, but cannot be debated by lawmakers. Ho was referring to the to the capital work reserve fund, which was Chris, which had been per- criticized by pro democracy legislators in the past. The fund supports thousands of infrastructure infrastructure projects yearly, but each project cannot be reviewed individually, and lawmakers can only vote on it as a whole, according to. The, According to local media, the government was accused of adding controversial projects to the fund alongside minor livelihood works that were generally favored. Ho called the use of this fund a black hole in public, finan- public finances. Ho was amongst the 16 prominent politicians and activists to plead not guilty to conspiracy to the conspiracy to commit subversion charge, which is punishable by up to life imprisonment. Judge Andrew Chen asked Ho, asked Ho if she was a lawmaker, she would cast a vote against the budget in 2020 if the government followed its usual practice. Ho did not answer directly, instead citing the example of the government's future fund, the future fund, a 10-year investment fund for long-term projects when, when it was established in 2016. The government said withdrawal, uh, withdrawal of the fund was not allowed, except in emergencies. Ex- um, expenditures from the future fund would also require the Legislative Council approval. In 2020, Financial Secretary, Financial Secretary Paul Chen began, began using the future funds first to inject money into Cathay Pacific. It was supposed to be untouched for 10 years, Ho said, speaking faster and louder as she continued. Judge Andrew Chen told Ho not to shout, adding that doing so does not make her more convincing. Chen Den, Chen Den said, Listen, Miss Ho, I'm with you on some points actually, but this is not a forum, a forum to debate the rights or wrongs of our financial secretary. Ask a few more times if she would veto the budget, with Chen calling it very simple. It's a very simple question. Ho eventually replied, Absolutely. Absolutely, Chen uh, Chen repeated, echoing Ho's matter-of-fact tone. Lee asked Ho if her voting intention were, was she, were she elected would be unrelated to the pro-democracy primaries. Ho also, he also asked if, he would, if she would veto the budget even if it contains the five demands, but also items that were objectable. If they were objectable, of course I would vote against them, Ho, Ho replied. Once they marked the 87th day of the high-profile national security case, Bill said last week that he expected Ho's testimony to take three days. The barrister also asked Ho why she wanted to become a legislator. She responded that voting in the election was a low cost and something that everyone can do. 
So in order to get a mandate for the leaderless pro- protest in 2019, the legislative council legislative election was a must-take route. The ex-journalist also told the court that she decided to run in the new territory east to constituencies because she thought the voters there were more concerned with political debates. Of the 12 um, candidates of, in the constituency, Ho received the most numbers of votes. I would describe myself as a single-issue candidate, Ho said, and that her single issue was taking spirit of protest into the legislative elections. Ho will continue testifying on Thursday, and yes, it's coming up, so we will talk about that soon, so don't worry. And, of course, um, Ho, Greta Ho, I feel like she's a brave, brave person. I'm not gonna say, I'm not saying anything else worse, but I feel like she is the most bravest person I've ever heard. I don't know who she was at the time, you know, I, I feel like she's so brave that I didn't even know how Karen, if I was in the court at the time, I would have been very shocked to hear her, her voice. And I, I feel like if she was elected in the legislative council, I said, I, I for me, I think that she would have been a great politician. You know, she's a reporter and a uh, social activist. But I feel in my opinion that she's a tough, a tough enough to crack. Um... Not exactly what people thought she would be. <laughs> of course, she's a tough person, and I've never seen anyone, you know, being that tough ever. But she is, and I like that. Hong Kong teen granted bail pending appeal against sedition, insulting national anthem, and flag charges. A Hong Kong teenager has been granted bail pending appeal after he was sentenced to a training center over sedition and assaulting the national anthem and national flag in December last year. Choi Ho Chun, 19 years old, appeared in front of Judge Anna Lai at the Court of First Instance on Wednesday. He was represented by Barrister Stephen Kwan. Choi was sent was sentenced to a training center last December after pleading guilty to four offenses, including one count of doing an act or acts with seditious intentions under the colonial era law. Intended to assault the national anthem by intentionally publishing altered lyrics and intentionally publishing a, a, a desecration of the national flag with intent. Trey was granted bail after the judge adjourned the appeal for potentially nine more nine more months. Some of the grounds for appeal raised by Quan were identical to those raised in pro-democracy activist Tam Dakchi appeal, which was heard by the court final. Court of Appeal earlier this month. A ruling is expected in Tom's case within nine months. Lai said that the court would hear Choi's appeal within two weeks of the Court of Appeal ruling on Tom's appeal. Choi was ordered to pay a cash bail of $2,000 and hand over his travel documents. He was also barred from leaving the city, was ordered to live at his declared address, and must report. he must report to the police three times per week. Teenagers was also barred from committing any acts that would that would could harm national security, using social media platforms including Discord, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and popular local online forum LinkedIn. Troy was also banned from accepting any media interviews, which is I I found it to be silly because what's the what what's wrong with it? However, defendants charged under the colonial sedition law face a stringent bail threshold. 
um, Kun Chiu, who remained in detention since his arrest in September last year, before he was sentenced to a training center three months later. So, correction. So, an earlier version of this article misspelled the appellant's surname in two instances. It should be Chui and not Chiu. We, have, we regret the error. Thank you so much for reporting the action. Thank you for letting us know, actually. It is a great idea to, to let us know, otherwise it's not fun. And we'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to the second half. China's leader, Xi Jinping, hails old friend Henry Kissinger in Beijing's meeting. Chinese leader Xi Jinping hailed former U.S. Secretary of State Henry Kissinger as an old friend as the two met in Beijing on Thursday. Kissinger visited China this week, has seen, has seen him call for a reapproachment between Washington and Beijing, which remains a lo- at loggerheads over a range of issues, from human rights to trade and national security. The 100-year-old diplomat was central to the United States establishing ties with communist China in, 19, in the 1970s, and has maintained close contact with the city's leaders over the years. Chinese people value friendship. And we'll never forget our old friends, our old friend, and your historic contributions to promoting the, de- the development of China's U.S. relations and enhancing the friendship between the Chinese and American peoples, Pres- uh, Chinese leader Xi, uh, leader Xi told Kissinger uh, on Thursday, according to state media. This is not only be- this not only benefit benefit the f- two countries, but also change the world, she said. Yet. The world is currently expre- experiencing changes not seen in a century, and the international order is undergoing enormous change, the Chinese leader said. China and the United States are once more, are once more at a crossroads, and both sides must once again make a choice. Kissinger responds to thank Xi for hosting him at the Diao Yutai State Guesthouse, building, no- building number 5, where he met with then Premier Zhou Enlai in 1971. The relations between our two countries will be central to the peace in the world and to, and to the progress of our societies, the former diplomat said. Kissinger fl- secretly flew to Beijing in 1971 on a mission to establish relations with Communist China. The trip set the stage for a, for a landmark visit by former U.S. President Richard, Richard Nixon, who sought, who sought both to shake up the, the Cold War and enlist help in ending the Vietnam War. Washington's overtures to an isolated Beijing contributed to China's rise to become a manufacturing powerhouse and the world's second largest economy, despite them killing thousands of millions of Chinese people in Mao's time. Since leaving office, Nobel Peace Prize laureate Kissinger had grown wealthy advising businesses on China and had warned against a hawkish turn in U.S. policies. His trip this week also overlapped with a trip by U.S. Climate Climate Envoy John Kerry and follows recent visits by Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and Secretary of State Antony Blinken. Since 1971, Dr. Kissinger has visited China more than hundreds of times, CCTV said on Thursday. State news agency Xinhua reported report him as telling Defense Minister Li Shenfu on, th- on Tuesday that in today's world, challenges and opportunities coexist and both the United States and China should eliminate misunderstanding, coexist peacefully, and avoid confrontation. 
Kissinger also met on Wednesday with t- top diplomat Wang Yi, who praised Kissinger's historic contributions to the ice-breaking development on China-U.S. relations. The U.S. policy towards China needs Kissinger's style diplomatic wisdom and Nixon's style political, incur- political courage, Wang said. Kissinger has, has long been defeated by the United States, by the American elites, and was co-awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for negotiating a peace a ceasefire in, in Vietnam. But he's seen by many as an unindicted war criminal for his role in, amongst other events, expanding the Vietnam War to Cambodia and Laos, supporting coup in Chile and Argentina, and turning a blind eye to Pakistan's mass atrocities during Bangladesh's 1971 War of Independence. And I do not praise um, Kissinger on some certain issues, like he's just too pandering, too soft on China. It would have been better if he was much more tougher and much more stronger against what the what the Chinese government does. Thing is, we don't. No one wants a war. The United States and China don't want a war. But at the same time, China keep provoking it, and it just makes it much much worse. And the problem is, if they do not implement the national security law and stop bullying Hong Kong, maybe it won't. And stop bullying Taiwan and stop screwing around. Maybe it won't have happened. That's the honest truth. National security police take away family members of one Hong Kong activist for questioning. Hong Kong national security police have questioned seven relatives and acquaintances of two wanted activists in the latest move against an eight overseas-based pro-democracy figures who whom activists who home arrest warrants and and one million dollars bounties were issued. It was the latest such actions against their families after officers on July 11th raided the homes of Nathan Law, of Nathan Law's mother, father, and brother, and took the three away for investigations. The three were released after giving statements. Media reports said police on Thursday, Thursday morning took away two men and two women for for investigation, including the brother of Dennis Kwok. In addition, the brother, the brother, the brother, brother-in-law, and nephew of Mum Tat were taken from their homes in Shatin on t- on Tuesday. The report said Kwok's brother was released from Western Police Station, but the st- but the status of the others was un- was not clear. Police told Hong Kong Free Press that the Police National Security Department took away two men and a woman for investigations in Shat in Shatin on t- on Tuesday. And took away two men, and uh, for investigations in Kowloon and Hong Kong Island on t- on Thursday, they are all suspected of assisting assisting person wanted by police to continue acts and engage in activities that endanger national security. Investigations is underway, and further operations, include, including arrests, may be made. Kwok, a former member of the defunct pro-democracy civic party announced on social media two years ago that he had left Hong Kong with his family and is now a lawyer based in the United States. Mom, a former chief executive of the defunct pro-democracy Hong Kong Confederation of Trade Unions, he established a new NGO called Hong Kong Labor Rights Monitor in the UK following his self-exile. Mom's relatives were questioned about the whereabouts of the exiled activists and whether they have contact with him or offer any financial support. Singtao Daily reported that they were not arrested and were released after giving statements. 
According to the law, citizens have the rights to choose whether um, whether to cooperate with a police investigation and whether to accompany police to a designated place for investigations. Hong Kong Press have reached out to, the pol- to police for information on whether, on whether the seven were taken away voluntarily, but had yet to receive a response. I mean, like, if they're going to say anything otherwise, or they're going to be quiet, they're not going to do anything about it. I mean, they're the, they're the police and the government, they're not going to report anything back to the news reporter. Apart from Kwok and Mo, ex-lawmakers Ted Hui, activist Nathan Law, Anna Kwok, Elmer Yuan, and Finn Lau, and solicitor Kevin Yam are wanted over alleged national security offenses. Security Minister, and I'm wearing Security Minister Chris Tong has said police will try to trace the suspects, contacts, con- uh, contacts, allies, and people finding them behind the scenes. Anyone who assists, who assists, incites, or fund those people, those people to endanger national security in Hong Kong and mainland Ch- China may breach the law. Tong told media on July fifth. Police have, t- have since taken a series of actions in Hong Kong to trace alleged local connections of the eight. Five people reportedly ex-members of the for- uh, former pro-democracy party, Democisto, wrote, uh, were apprehended in early July in connections with an alleged conspiracy to, p- to provide financial support to Law, a founding member of Democisto. The five who worked for an app named Me, promoting pro-democracy businesses, were released on bail. The app went offline after the arrest. The police raided the home of Derek Lam, a former member of Democisto. Dangers are arising in Hong Kong, so that's the reason why it gets it's pretty scary to see this is happening. And I'm hoping and I'm hoping that they're staying absolutely safe. And please, for the love of God, don't go back to Hong Kong. I'm so I'm going to be very afraid if that happens. If I hear one day these actors are back on Hong Kong, oh my god, crap. They're going to be screwed now. Three months jail for first person tried under Hong Kong National Anthem Law over the use of protest song Glory to Hong Kong. A 27-year-old man who replaced China's National Anthem with a protest song Glory to Hong Kong in an online video that has been sentenced to three months in prison after, be, after, after being convicted of insulting the National Anthem. Thursday's sentencing marked the accumulation of the of the city's first trial under the National Anthem Ordinance, which came into effect in June 2020, and the first ruling related to the protest song. Chen Wing-chun, a photographer, replaced China's National Anthem, a march of the volunteers with an instrumental version of Glory to Hong Kong, and a video showing Hong Kong, Hong Kong fencer Edgar Chung receiving a gold medal in the Olympics in 2021. According to a police testimony in January, the 97-second um, video record, um, recorded, which is about not, which had nine, 92,115 views by the time the police noticed it. The video was later made private. Chen said in a recorded interview with the police that he did not know the meaning of, the, of Glory to Hong Kong and used the melody of the song because it felt touching. I'm not lying, it does feel touching. Magistrate Minnie Watt said on Thursday that the defense arguments were not convincing, as Chung has worked in the polit- uh, worked in political parties and joined assemblies during the 2019 protests. Local media report. Watt added that 
ch- that Chan's act had triggered uh, had triggered others into making remarks that similarly undermined the national security and national anthem dignity. The maximum penalty for insulting the national anthem is up to two, three years in jail and a fine of fifty thousand dollars. Paula Lung, an independent journalist last November, became the first person sentenced under the anthem ordinance after pleading guilty to insulting the national anthem. She was jailed three for three months over waving a British flag at a shopping mall with a live stream of Chun's historic win with with the March Volunteers sports play. <laughs> Younger government is currently seeking to ban lawful, unlawful acts related to the glory of Hong Kong, with the hearing happening on Friday. Released in, in September 2019 at the heights of the protest, the song was once widely circulated as a as large group of people um, sung, doing, sung it through assemblies in shopping malls and public spaces. The injunction was sought, uh, um, was sought after various international sporting events Erasly played Glory to Hong Kong instead of the National Anthem of China. The government called, called on Google to pin the correct information about the National Anthem at the top of their search results, and also tried to optimize search engines to put much of the volunteers at the top of related sources. The CIS technology chief said that the government application for a court injunction to ban Glory to Hong Kong came after Google said it needed proof that the song was illegal. The Hong Kong General Association announced on, on June 22nd that it would seek an exemption for media reporting to protect journalistic work. On Tuesday, the Hong Kong General Association said the Department of Justice had, had, um, had, had agreed to the proposal to exempt journalistic activities from the, from the ban it, um, in injunction, if the injunction application is granted. I don't know what's the point of trying to ban the anthem anyway. It's just a song. It doesn't really encourage anything for me. Like I hear songs my whole life. It doesn't doesn't really do much actually. You ask me, it does very little to incite me of anything. You know, it doesn't really incite me of anything. Cause we have the right. Because we have the rights to listen to the song. Or not listen to, or not even listen to a song. Oh, maybe you don't want to listen to it. Maybe it's your rights to not listen to it. I don't know. It's up to you guys to judge on it. But why the government need to judge it for you? And why does the government needs to, you know, put their rulings on you? You have the rights to put the song wherever you want. All right. Because for them, not, for them to do that, it's just, it's just nonsense. It's crap and it's nonsense. I mean, you need. They need to. Cut crap, right? They need to understand that we have the right to play that song no matter what. Hate it or not, we can play it any way we can. Right? Because we have to. I thought we have freedom of expression and you're supposed to allow us to hear it or listen to it or even or even just putting it on doesn't really affect anything. I don't know why the government needs to be that sensitive or. Or like, oh my god, that song's on. If, I w- if it was up to me, I would be saying, well, what would I care? It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not going to kill me, it's not going to hurt me, it's not going to destroy my life, so. Just let them play, I don't care. Unless, unless you have, they would, you know, you're going to have many blue ribbons that come out. And they would say, well, um, they will love the law, they love the law when it works for them. They hate the law when it works against them. 
you can't have it two ways. You're gonna ha you're gonna have to respect what the judge does, right? Because if you you know, in the past, many of many of the activists were part would um, were pardoned or give only a couple of weeks sentencing. So it means that it doesn't last. So it means that they would have been last one there for only a couple of days or so, a couple of weeks. And then you have these blue ribbon group come out saying, oh, if they have Chinese judges, maybe it would have been better. That more well, what Chinese. Chinese problems since Chinese only Chinese can solve Chinese problems. I heard that doesn't make any sense to me. Many of many of those uh, judges, you may call them. Oh, that we have foreign judges. In my opinion, they're not foreign judges. They they live in Hong Kong. They work in Hong Kong. It's just that they don't speak Cantonese. That's it. Or even Mandarin. So they can they they speak English anyway. So it's not a big deal. I don't know why um the gum these guys need to take it so seriously. Government risk, um, government risk Streisand effect in its own bid to ban Gloria to Hong Kong. Protest song court hears. The Hong Kong government application to ban unlawful acts linked to the, a popular pro-democracy song uh, risk the Streisand effect and increasing public engagement with the song a court has heard. High Court Judge Andrew Chan, Anthony Chan on Friday dealt with an application from the city's Secretary for Justice for an injunction to bar the distribution of the pro-democracy protest song Glory to Hong Kong with the intention to incite succession, sedition, or to violate the national anthem law. The government have also sought to bar anyone from assisting with those acts. Senior Counsel Abraham Chen, who acted as a friend of the court, someone who is not involved in a legal case, but who assists a court by offering information or insight, said on Friday that the government application for an injunction would bring about a, a about an own goal with the risk of Streisand effect. There is an empirical evidence that after the government announced that it would apply for a ban, the level of engagement with the songs increased, Chen said. Speaking in English, he added that he was not advocating against the government's application, but presenting the opposing case so the court would hear both sides. The Streisand effect describes the unintended failure of an, of an effort to conceal information the term was coined after after American singer Barbara Streisand drew um, drew great attention to photographs of her home in California after following a lawsuit in an attempt to conceal the photos from the press. Chen also said that the court had to consider the chilling effects that the injunction would would bring. You can't simply wait the card of national security to say don't worry about the chilling effects, said the senior counsel. He also said the injunction may not help the administration to fulfill its intended purposes. If it was the government goal to educate the public about national security risks involved in the acts mentioned in the, in the injunction, that could have been achieved by publicizing the national by the security law, security legislation. There was also a lack of concrete evidence that the public was unaware that the, that the broadcasting of the song was with seditious purposes was illegal, said Chen. The injunction would also uh, would also also not help the administration in requesting the internet platforms such as Google to remove the song from its website, the senior counsel said. As it was not the government's intention ba intentions ban the song, but on, well, only unlawful acts relating to the song. Would, would, it would be difficult for tech giants to determine in what instances was the song distributed with unlawful intentions, said Chen. The senior counsel added that those who wanted to violate the law 
would stop doing so simply because an injunction was granted. The Justice Minister, represented by Senior Counsel Benjamin Yu on Friday, argued that the fact that there might be people intended to violate the injunction was not a reason for the court to refuse government applications. Yu also, also said that unless, unless there was an injunction, the song would still be used to harm national security. We say that the national security interest cannot be in any way be underestimated, said Yu, also speaking in English. You cite injunctions sought by the MTR corporations in the city's airport authority, which were effective in stopping the obstructions of public transport facilities during the 2019 extradition bill protests. Chen said in response that those injunctions were sought before the enactment of the sweeping security law in June 2020. In the, pre- in the present case, the acts the government sought to bar what the injunctions were already in violation of the crime ordinance and the security legislation, said Chen. The judge also questioned whether the injunction would pose risk of double jeopardy against the defense whereby their action would be persecuted twice, once in a criminal proceedings under the security law or sedition law, and again in a civil contempt of court charge. You said in response that if the court granted the injunction, it would be providing an alternative venue avenue for the Secretary, of Ju- for Secretary for Justice to pursue those who commit the acts. The Hong Kong Journalists Association, the city's largest press group, said on th- Tuesday that the, department, the Justice Department has agreed to include a clause in the, in, in the injunction to make clear that journalistic work would not be impacted if the injunction was granted. You said on Friday that the clause would not be viewed as an exemption for journalists to commit the prohibited acts. Reporters could still violate the order of the could still violate the order if they distributed the song if they distributed the song with unlawful intentions. Rawson Chan, head of the Hong Kong Journalists Association, said that, that said after the court hearing that the group had tried its best to protect journalists. I would say the clause is not comprehensive, but we have tried our best to get the most well-protection protect, well to the journalists, Chan told reporters in English outside the court. The ruling on the government application will be handed down next Friday. I don't know why the song is such a big deal and the anthem is such a big deal. They should have, you know, just forget about it and just ignore it completely. It's just, it's just, it's just such a time waster, you know. Verdict on Hong Kong press group chief Ronson Chan accused of obstructing police expected in September. The verdict on Hong Kong journalist Ronson Chan, who stands accused of obstructing a police officer, will be handed down on September 25th. Chan's charges related to an incident last year when he allegedly refused to show his identification to a police officer. Chan, who faces one count of obstructing a police officer and an alternative charge, of obstructing a police officer, appeared at the West Kalu Magistrate's Court before Magistrate Lunga Ki on Friday. The veteran journalist was arrested in Mong Kok last September while reporting on a homeowners committee committee meeting for Channel C. Having submitted their respective written closing statements to the magistrate, neither the defense nor the prosecution delivered closing speeches in, in court. The verdict was adjourned to late September due to the unavailability of the court in, uh, in August. 
According to earlier testimony by police witnesses, officer had been patrolling in Moncock at the same time as the homeowners committee's meeting was being held at the at the McPherson Stadium. Chen was stopped by one of the police officers as he was said to be acting suspiciously, crossing the street diagonally and pressing his bag. Chen, uh, the police witness uh, witnesses said she warned Chen that she, that he would be charged with obstructing a police officer and continued to refuse to show his Hong Kong identity cards. She claimed that Chen took out an opaque, opaque silver card cover and began waving it out without removing the card. Chen was then arrested. The defense, however, held that the police were not honest and reliable, and reliable witnesses as the exchanges between Chen and the officers lasted just 15 seconds, according to CCTV footage. While it, have take, while it would have taken 25 seconds, 24 seconds to have to complete the conversation, the complete the conversation the police cl- had claimed uh, claim to have had. The trial was postponed until May as Chen pursued a six-month fellowship at Oxford University in the UK last year. Chen was granted bail without travel restrictions. In June, after returning to the city, Chen was elected head of the Journalist Associ- Hong Kong Journalist Association for the third time. Since the 2019 pro- uh, protest, and the enactment of the national security law in June 2020. Civil society groups, including the Hong Kong General Association, have faced, have faced pressure from authorities, as well as, as criticism from state-backed from state back media. I can tell you right now, it's a very hard time for many activists to even do anything at all, or even just say anything, really, without, you know, being a, without having fears from someone. Right. So... Let's talk about where it's at. There we go. So, deciding on whether to join, this is about the district council election. Whether, deciding whether to join Hong Kong's district council, next district council election, tough and painful, said Democratic Vice, uh, Vice Chief. A decision on whether to take part in Hong Kong's overhaul district council election is tough and painful for the Democratic Party. Its vice chairman has said that Beijing backed the city's move to drastically reduce the seats, the number of directly elected seats to local advisory bodies. The upcoming district council election will see further democratically elected seats and the return of government-appointed members to the advisory bodies, but opting out of the polls will create a long-term financial pressure on the Democratic Party, its vice chief and Guangdong district councilor Ma Qingxing said in an opinion piece published in Mingpao on Thursday. The Democratic Party, which had gone through 29 summers and winters since its establishment, have always been community-oriented. However, under the new circumstances, whether the Democratic Party ultimately decides to run for the election or not is a painful and, and is a tough and painful decision, Ma said. His remark came weeks after the after Hong Kong's patriot-only legislature, which was except transformed to a sharp to sharply sharply cut the uh, number of dis- of directly elected seats, unanimously approved the government's proposals to overhaul district council elections. The plan to ch- change the polls were unveiled on May to se- to ensure only patriots are elected, following a pro-democracy landslide at the last poll in 2019. The numbers of seats chosen democratically by the public will be slashed to around 20%, with the rest selected by the city's leader, government-appointed committees, and officials. 
Constituencies boundaries will be redrawn and each local council will be chaired by a government official, similar to the colonial area arrangement. All candidates will undergo national security vetting to ensure their patriotism. The Democratic Part the Democratic Party's vice chair outlined four possible scenarios if the party decides to join the elections, expected to be held in December. Candidates may not be able to secure enough nominations from, from three government appointed committees or may be disqualified by returning officers. Worst case scenario worst case, the worst case scenario according to mock would be the Democratic Party before the Dem- for Democratic Party elections hopefuls to enter the elections and lose. Those who were defeated may end up being unemployed and in debt, he, sa- he said, pointing to difficulties in sourcing campaign funds and the possibility that some candidates would need to quit their jobs before standing. Mark said the fourth scenario would involve elect- elected Democratic, par- Democratic Party councils being subject to government monitoring and a probe the performance would deem unsatisfactory. They could face salary cuts, suspension, or even disqualification, the party vice chief said. In fact, the boss of elected councillors is the voters, because they are elected through the one-person, one-vote system. If voters think that their performance is unsatisfactory, they could vote them out in the next election. Why should the government decide whether elected officials are competent, Mark asked. Hong Kong pan-democratic camps took control of of 17 out of the 18 councils, in 2019, in the wake of the, in the wake of months, uh, months of mass protests, but more than half of the 452 district councillors elected that year resigned in 2021, following local media reports that they may be asked to repay all wages and subsidies if disqualified, if disqualified for being deemed to breach a new oath of allegiance to the Hong Kong SAR. Mao said the party would, would not seek nomination from the three committees through the unequal way. People making the nominations must not impose any preconditions on the candidates, while election hopefuls will not promise to do so, not, promise not to do something for the nominators in return, he said. The Democratic Party has already been reluctant to withdraw from the district councils. If we decide to run for the election, we will definitely not seek nominations through humiliating means and exchange of benefits, he said. The Democratic Party the, the, the party's chairman, Long King Hay, was assessing whether members intended to stand with some incumbents and former district council expressing an interest, Mark said. The party was reviewing whether members who showed an interest could uphold values before deciding whether to, to support them. But Mark admitted it was hard to evaluate whether Democratic Party members would be qualified to run at, at present. The Democratic Party is one of the few opposition forces left in the city after the Civic Party and uh, dissolve, voted to dissolve in May, and dozens of civil society groups disbanded after the Beijing imposed national security law came into force on, Janu- on June 30, 2020. If the Democratic Party decided not to take part, it would turn the party into a pressure group, into a pressure group, as it would not have, as it would have no district councils in the coming four years, Mark said. Because the current political situation made it difficult to conduct fundraising, the party would would end up facing long-term financial pressure. Apart from tight resources, even if we wish to continue serving citizens outside the systems, there is no suitable identity for us to negotiate with the authorities or, or public institutions. It would, rather, it would be rather difficult to handle requests for help, whether it is personal or community issues, he said. Secretary for Constitutional and Mainland Affairs Eric Chang on Wednesday ended a two-day visit to Beijing, 
where he met Xia Baolong, the top Beijing officials overseeing Hong Kong's Hong Kong and Macau's affairs. Xia fully affirmed the district council overhauling the improvement of district count, district governance. The minister press office, minister's uh, press office said in a in a in a statement on Thursday. In particular, Xia held the passing of the district council amendments ordinance earlier this month. Show, saying it showed a positive interaction between the state's executive and legislative branch. She also called on, she called on the Hong Kong government to continue to explain what he called the advantages of the overhaul to the public, as well as to carry out carry out preparatory work. Director Xia also reminded the Hong Kong SCR government to accomplish the work on improving uh, district governance in order to let the public experience the advantages of the new system and to enhance people's sense of achievement and satisfactory, Zhang's press office wrote. On Wednesday, Secretary for Home Affairs, Alice Mack, who also, vi- who also visited Beijing, said the upcoming election should not be judged solely solely on voters' turnout. Other factors such as weather could also affect voters' participation, she said. The voters' turnout rate is affected by many factors. For example, there is a rain or the current weather, which can reach up to 40, 40C or the previous typhoon. Voters' turnout rate is not the only factor to consider back to reports. The only the only the only and the most important thing is for the election to be held smoothly and orderly and and in order to elect a group of appropriate district councillors to join the district councils and better serve the citizens. Is this not what voters turnout this is not what elections supposed to be? Look at voters turnout is not what's supposed to be doing right now? That's what we're supposed to be looking at as well. Hong Kong 47 change of win among candidates after Beijing condemned lawmaker Dennis Kwok, ex-journalist says. There was a change of win among candidates in the primary election at the center of Hong Kong's landmark national security case after top Beijing bodies condemned former lawmaker Dennis Kwok, ex-journalist Gwyneth Ho has said. Ho continued her testimony on Thursday, ushered to to the stand by two correctional officers, the defendant wearing a pale pink pink t-shirt, smiled and winked at her supporters in the public gallery. Ho, a former Stan News journalist, was among the primary candidates. Ho's barrister, Trevor Beale, referred her statements that the defendant, Arnold King, had made during his testimony. The court heard that all who became a witness for the prosecution said there was a change of wind in, er- in April or early May 2020, as primary organizers Benny Tai turned his focus to lawmakers' power to to veto the government's budget. Ho testifying Cantonese said she believed there was a change of wind, but she disagreed with all's explanation. She said the change came about after the after de- after the Dennis Kwok incident, a reference to to Beijing's top organs, the Hong Kong and Macau's affairs office, and the Hong Kong liaison office, accused Kwok and ex lawmakers abusing his powers to interfere with the legislature's proceedings. Kwok, who was at the time the deputy chairperson of the Legislative Council House Committee, was said to have, have delayed the selection of the committee's chairperson by filibustering in the legislature, which was dominated by pro-establishment lawmakers. The bodies accused Kwok of affecting the Constitution's responsibility of the legislature, as prescribed by the basic law, the state's meaning constitution. Ho told the court that she attended both coronations meetings held for candidates running in the New Territory East constituency, one of the five one of the five geographic regions in the primary. 
I would say that some people who took part in the coordination meetings on change massively after the Dennis Kwok incident. Ho said, I understand the court may have a different view, but my understanding was that Kwok, while presiding over the committee at the time, was completely in compliance with the rules and procedures. Ho said that votes that votes against Ho said that votes against the budget <clears throat> have been cast by lawmakers from the Democratic Party and the Civic Party, two of the Hong, two of Hong Kong's largest opposition parties, and has not been seen as a controversial move. I think before the Dennis Kwok incident, nobody would think that you would be disqualified from running the council elections for saying you would be ca- you would cast an opposition vote. She had, she had, Ho and most of the defendants have been detained since March 2021. Thursday marked the third day of Ho's testimony. The journalist, the former journalist, is the sixth defendant to testify. Who activists Gordon, ex-district counselor Clarice Young, and ex-lawmaker Helena Wong chose earlier not to take the stand. The court on Thursday revisited the issues of wording in the document signed by primary candidates. The matter, which was raised by uh, raised multiple times. Throughout the months-long trial, relates to the use of the term "will use" and "will actively use" to describe the pledge the candidates would make if if elected as lawmakers to powers conferred by the Basic Law, which included which includes vetoing the budgets. Some documents contained the terms "will use," while others contained the term "will actively use." Defendants have suggested suggested previously that. The former implies a greater degree of determination. When Bill asked uh, Ho how she how she viewed the distinction, Ho said, "I've been waiting. I've been wanting to answer this question for a long time." While pointing to the defendant's seat, she said the word "actively" was election jargon, and that the, that when says they will actively consider running in the in the election, it's often taken in it as an indication that they would that they would. Ho added that she believed it was not important whether the wording actively was included, but rather the which preceded the term. She said the full sentences describes lawmakers using the power of the basic law, which included vetoing the budgets. As everyone as everyone knows, the basic law gives legislators a lot of powers, Ho said. And that Ho and that she believed Ty's thought when drafting the sentence was to describe what those powers included. But the powers use doesn't have to be related to the budgets. Simply put, he isn't really saying anything with the sentence, she said as laughter was heard in the courtroom. Ho said that during this first, second the second meeting, she initially did not have any thoughts about the inclusion of the word actively. But after hearing defendant Owen Chow's comments, who said who said he supported not using the word actively, Ho said he took his side. Thursday marked the 88th day of the high-profile national security trial, and the hearing will continue on Friday. And on for and for the other half, we'll talk more on the third. We'll talk more on this final segment. Welcome back. Hong Kong 47 not worth wasting resentment on governments, says ex-journalist at security law trial. Hong Kong's journalist turned activist Gwen F. Ho, one of the 47 pro-democracy figures accused of conspiring to commit subversion has told a panel of hand-picked national security judges that she has no resentments towards the government as she stood by her claims that the rule of law no longer exists in the city. 
Friday marked four of te- four of testimonies by former Stan News journalists at a closely watched trial under the Beijing Post National Security Law. It could land dozens of ex-lawmakers, ex-judicial counselors, legal figures, and other activists up left behind bars if convicted. At the center of the case is an unofficial legislative primary held in July 2020, which aims to help the pro-democracy uh, camp to uh, select the strongest candidates and win a controlling majority in the 70 seats legislature prior to the city's electoral overhaul. The former journalist who will turn 33 next month was asked by her former rep- her representative, Trevor Beale, whether she had any resentments toward the authorities. He made references to the allegations made by the prosecutors in, in February when the lengthy trial begins, in which Ho was said to have fostered resentments toward the authorities by alleging that the systems of Hong Kong has collapsed and the rule of law no longer, no longer exists. Speaking Cantonese, Ho denied the allegations that she, that's, uh, uh, denied allegations said she did not have any resentments toward the Hong Kong government. I have a lot of discontent, but no resentment, because the Hong Kong government is not worth anyone wasting their resentment on. The ex-reporter said before a three-judge panel consisting of High Court Judges Andrew Chan, Alex Lee, and Johnny Chan. She went on to back her claim that the rule of law no longer exists in the city by citing criteria set out by Justice Kamal Bakari, a non-permanent judge at the Hong Kong's Court of Final Appeals in 2018. According to Hull, Bakari said the, said the existence of the rule of law could be determined by factors such as whether the place had judicial independence, separation of powers, or the protections of human rights in accordance to international standards. Hull said the city very obviously failed to meet criteria, so I think the rule of law no longer exists is a correct saying. The former journalist of the non-defunct online media outlets was also questioned over whether she had fostered anyone to be resentful towards the authorities. She said she was very meticulous about her public speak, speech and would only make make remarks that had that had grounds. I agree that a lot of people in Hong Kong resent the gov- resented the government. They didn't need anyone to foster resentments. You cannot assume that because they because they have such resentments, then there is no rational basis behind it or they have or they must ha- must be re- incited by someone, she said. Holland Friday told the court that she became aware of the impending security law in late May in 2020, and formed the belief that the offense would create the, tar- the car- target conduct, which authorities deem as paralyzing the government. Unquote, unquote. She said when the, te- the actual provision was revealed on June 20- on June 30 th- that year, instead of paralyzing a term used by Beijing's two offices in Hong Kong to criticize the filibustering acts by then pro-democracy camp legislators. The subversion offenses uncovered acts which were deemed to be seriously interfering, disrupting, or undermining the government's operation. She had concerns over what she deemed as interference. She said that opposing in a legislative president's order could seen as a breach of law, despite it as being an example of lawmakers fulfilling their duties. Throughout the charge period, I do not think that pressing the button to object could be seen as interference, because to me, casting a vote to oppose would not count as a legislative protest, she said. Following the enactment of national security law, Ho said she decided not to leave Hong Kong despite thinking it would, could be her only chance to leave the city. The new security law became a tool for authorities to disqualify any, everyone, the ex-journalist told the court, as she claimed the government would, ins- would cite any opposition to the security law as evidence that an hopeful, election hopefuls did not hold the basic law. 
Those four offenses were in mainland China criminal code for a long time. Hong Kongers also knew about the, those cases, such as Liu Xiaobo. Put simply, people were incriminated by the speech, Ho said. She went on to say that her risk assessments at the time, when deciding whether to openly oppose the national security law, was based on how similar laws were implemented in mainland China. I could only I could not imagine how such a law could be implemented in a in a common law systems at that point in time. I'd already said a lot of things that could get me into trouble. There is no point in dodging it, she said. I that no one knew whether Hong Kong's national security law could be retrospective. She eventually decided to make a Facebook post to criticize the law, as she deemed it would be self-contradictory for a person who supports and advocates democracy not not um, not to object to the security legislation. Ho was amongst more than 30 defendants who signed an online declaration titled Resolute Resistance, Inc. Without Regret, which the persecution said was proof that the signatories had an unwavering pledge to knowingly achieve the impundent objectives regardless of any legal consequences. Bill asked if Ho saw the declaration which was shared online was an attempt by a resistance camp to put pressure on traditional pan-democrats to adopt a similar stance. While endorsing the five demands advocated by protesters and pledging to deploy the power conferred to lawmakers by the basic law to compel the chief executive to respond to, fight to the five demands. Host Marble saying she did not think the pressure on the traditional democrats was mounted by the resistance camp directly, but rather the need for candidates to give an explanation to their supporters which uh, home she did, she said did not agree the Democrats should retreat without a bottom line when faced with the security law. If they were affected by voters and picked a stance which they did not agree, uh, fully agree, that's their political judgment. I personally just thought about what I had to say up to my electors and did not think of using this behavior to affect other candidates, she said. Ho will continue her testimony next Monday, which means the high-profile trial is likely to exceed its estimate length of 90 days. So far, 16 Democrats are on trial, while the 31 others who pled guilty earlier are all waiting to be sentenced. I don't understand, because um, what she says, what she's going to end up saying anyway. I don't know what's the point of government trying to, you know, arrest them anyway. Lawmakers who actually vote down laws, that's what lawmakers supposed to do. That's like having the U.S. Congress or any legislators around the world not allowing them to at least vote down any bill. So it means it's going to turn into a, right now it's a rubber stamp. We this just to be clear, it's a rubber stamp Congress. It's not a Congress where um we can you know we can fight or whatever. It's not it's not a democratic system that we want to be. Hong Kong's no longer Hong Kong, man. Hong Kong's no longer that Hong Kong we wanted. And so what do you think? Should that happen or should that not happen? And thank you for tuning in, guys. If you guys enjoy this podcast, make sure you tune every Monday and Friday for for our podcast. And of course, um, tomorrow we have a and I have a meeting tomorrow, so I'll be going there and we've been doing some work. But if you and also make sure and also today is also the anniversary of the Yun Long attack, so don't forget about that this day today, that we should never forget. And that's it for today. And we'll talk more next time. This is Team Cam on my radio signing out. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Take care. Sang sang, ta chết cho
my radio. It's on on every Monday and every Friday. And host my radio. Welcome to the show. Thank you.